based in Haverford West, hoping to open their new shop early next year. Originally set up in 2016 by Gareth Owens of Little Haven, a group of friends now hitchhike around Wales, selling t-shirts, meeting people and raising money for Papyrus, a suicide prevention charity. In 2017, the Get the Boys a Lift name had been born and hitchhiking adventures have taken place in the last two years around Wales, stepping forward to help supporting people just about managing their mental health. A not-for-profit organisation, it has opened a drop-in centre in Dew Street in the new year and it aims to continue raising money, where there has been a contribution of over £12,000 to Mine Pembrokeshire, the VC Gallery and DPJ Foundation, Get the Boys a Lift is about breaking down barriers and helping those who are just about managing with health problems to live their everyday life. Their new shop and drop-in centre at 7A Dew Street will offer a casual coffee shop atmosphere for people to meet up and just socialise, while at the same time having help on hand for anyone with mental health problems. The premises will also be a base for operations to sell their clothing, the profits of which go towards the fundraising. A St David's Hotel has been included in the Good Hotel Guide 2019 for Great Britain and Ireland, the leading independent UK hotel guide. Co-edited by Adam Raphael and Ian Belcher, the guide's entries, selected purely on merit, are based on visits by a team of experienced inspectors and reports from trusted readers. Included in the section This Year's Discovery is Tour of Ellen, Wales' first contemporary art hotel, which features over a hundred pieces of specially commissioned artwork. The hotel is entirely hypoallergenic and is built around a working windmill with panoramic views of the St David's Peninsula. Each of the year's discoveries offers something unique from interesting design and quirky decor to excellent service and attention to detail, states the guide. In local sport, Haverford West County Youth Academy product, Josh Hutchins, a pupil at Milford Haven Comprehensive School, has completed a successful eight-week trial and has now signed a contract until the end of the season for Swansea City. The club academy caters for young players between the ages of 9 to 16, with progression from one age group to the next their objective. Young players in Pembrokeshire are assessed continually and coached by a team of age group coaches to attain the highest standards they possibly can. Academy director Steve Batty oversees the whole structure, whilst also coaching the Welsh Premier Development Squad. You're up to date with your local Pembrokeshire news, here on Pure West Radio. See the action live from our studios in Haverford West at purewestradio.com and on our Facebook page, Pure West Radio.
very warm welcome to your Sunday morning and the Pure West Farm and Country Show with me, Sarah Miller. Well, I hope everyone's had a great week, great week on the farm and out and about in our rural communities. And we've all recovered from Halloween and we had Whitland fireworks last night and it's Milford Haven fireworks tomorrow night. And of course, Pure West Radio are at both those events. So uh, come along and support us tomorrow night if you're around. Meanwhile, before all that happens and we, uh, you know, sparks fly, we'll have a few sparks flying on the show this morning. We've got lots uh, in the show today. Um, first off, we'll be looking at the Wales Farming Unions because they've come together uh, to outline the Welsh way forward, uh, obviously post-Brexit. Uh, still got the B word in the uh, in the programme. Uh, and also in the aftermath of the budget, we look at the impact of decisions that were made that's going to uh, obviously impact on agriculture. And we'll hear about a group of South Wales farmers because they're going to look at a range of new diversification projects. And what's behind the headline figure of an 18% fall in sales of antibiotics? We'll take a look at that. Plus we'll have all the regulars, we'll have a round of the market prices, we'll have some weather forecasting and we'll look at what's on in and around. So stay tuned for the next couple of hours. You're listening to your Pure West Farm and Country Show with me, Sarah Miller.
welcome to your Pure West Farm and Country Show this morning. Now, uh, Wales farming unions are outlining the Welsh way forward. The two farming unions have launched a joint principal paper aimed at placing Welsh food, farming, livelihoods, communities and our environment on a firm post-Brexit footing. Now, this is a paper entitled A Welsh Way Forward and it was revealed by the FUW President, Glyn Roberts, and NFU Cymru President, John Davis, at a briefing session for Assembly members and the Welsh Government last Wednesday. And this was in the Pierhead Building in Cardiff. Now, the publication comes in response to the Welsh Government's current consultation on future rural and land management policies. And this was the one we were talking about last week. It was entitled Brexit and Our Land. Now, since this consultation was launched, uh, both unions have held meetings throughout Wales, engaging with thousands of farming businesses, as well as those from a wide range of allied industries, such as agricultural merchants, contractors, auctioneers, vets, accountants and financial advisors. Now, based on their respective consultation engagement programmes, the unions have gained an unrivalled mandate to speak on behalf of rural Wales. Now, we are proud to represent small and large firms, whether they be owned or tenanted, um, horticulture, you know, poultry or newcomers to the industry or those whose families have farmed the same land for generations. Now, this is from NFU Cymru President John Davis. All of these people share a common goal and a passion, which is to produce safe, high-quality, affordable food, all whilst caring for and enhancing our environment and our treasured landscape, he added. Addressing Assembly members and key stakeholders, Glyn Roberts highlighted that farming families are a part of a much wider family, a family that extends along the entire supply chain. The Welsh food and farming sector supports over 240,000 jobs and with nearly 52,000 employed on Welsh farms alone. And in our communities, employment figures show that up to 28% of people work in the agricultural industry. So, of course, we are united in our opposition to any proposals that may threaten not only farming families, but also the tens of thousands of individuals and businesses which rely on the sector, said Glyn Roberts. It is clear what is at stake if we get the future rural policy wrong. Brexit means we are facing significant threats that are outside our control as farmers. But in these uncertain times, there are ways to carefully develop Welsh policies in order to secure our nation's future prosperity, said John Davis. We must look to design, build and implement a new policy through a process of evolution and not revolution. Now, Assembly members heard how NFU Cymru and the FUW had joined forces to agree on a set policy principles which should define a way forward that is uniquely Welsh and based on placing food, farming, livelihoods and communities and the Wales environment on a firm post-Brexit footing. Now, they want stability... They want to maintain family farms, which is the backbone of the rural and wider communities, are still delivering for our economy. They want support for rural communities and Welsh jobs. Direct support, which underpins safe, top-quality food production, must be maintained as a form of public support, correcting market failures. They want sustainable agriculture. Wales must continue to invest in measures that drive productivity. And in addition to, to that... They want to reward environmental outcomes. Welsh farmers have delivered positive public outcomes for the nation for centuries and must be fairly rewarded for what they already have delivered and continue to deliver and will deliver in the future. We cannot highlight enough that we are absolutely committed to working with the Welsh Government. The Cabinet Secretary has said that the current consultation should be seen as the beginning and not the end of the process. And we believe that this is the opportunity to design and build a policy which is fit for purpose, said Glyn Roberts. And they will continue to meet with the Cabinet Secretary, Leslie Griffiths. The Bush Inn, Robuston Wathen, home to the famous Pembrokeshire Carvery. We are open six days a week, Tuesday to Sunday, serving tasty and homemade dishes with daily specials. All of our dishes are prepared from fresh, and if you have a sweet tooth, we have a delicious selection of homemade desserts. The Bush Inn is a family-run business, and we guarantee a service with a smile. So be sure to pop in and say hello. It's steak night every Saturday and with a carvery every Wednesday and Sunday. Booking is essential for the Sunday sitting. Call 01834 860 or visit thebushinrobustonwathen.com. Family and food is what we do. The Bush Inn, Robuston Wathen. Pure West Radio. For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire. If it's happening in Pembrokeshire, it's on Pure West Radio. We have on average 2,500 listens every day and 17,000 each week. Your message can be heard by all of our listeners and prices start from as little as £15. 
Now you can be part of this exciting new community-based radio station for Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire. So, what are you waiting for? Get a free quote today. Call 01437 764455 or email info at purewestradio.com. Oh, someone's been a busy little bee. Look how clean your car is. It looks almost new. Oh, thanks. Actually, I haven't lifted a finger to get it looking this good. I had it professionally validated at Drive and Shine on Cartlet in Haverford West. It looks amazing now. Is it just cars they do? Because our caravan could really do with a spring clean. Yes, they can do all that. Cars, 4x4s, caravans, boats. They really know what they're doing too. Sounds great. And I won't even have to damage my new nails. <laughs> Drive and Shine in Haverford West. At KO Carpets, you know quality is assured. We've been your local family-run business for over 40 years. We're widely recognised as Pembrokes' leading supplier of domestic and contract flooring. We provide full end-to-end service, free measures and estimates, free delivery and free fitting by our professional team of highly skilled fitters. Come and see us at Vine Road, Johnston, or drop us an email, sales at kocarpets.com. We're a knockout at flooring. Pure West Radio. See the action live from our studios in Haverford West at purewestradio.com and on our Facebook page. Uh, yeah, yeah.
You're listening to your Pure West Farm and Country Show with me, Sarah Miller. Now, we, the, uh, the budget came and went, and there's a lot of hoo-ha, a lot of hot air, as usual. But as we said last week, the unions had uh, both uh, spoken to the Chancellor and sort of laid bare some of the things that we needed to put in place um, for agriculture post-Brexit. And there have been a couple of things that uh, uh, the Chancellor has tweaked. He announced an increase in the annual investment allowance, fivefold, from 200,000 to a million pounds to help farm businesses invest in plant machinery and buildings. Now, the NFU welcomed the increase, but were disappointed that it was time uh, limited for two years. So, uh, that's, so we've got something there. Now, on structures and buildings, a new structures and buildings allowance for non-residential structures has gone some way to meet tax relief on investment in farm infrastructure and will help farmers invest in modern efficient buildings. And farmers will now be able to deduct 2% of the cost uh, of any new non-residential structures and buildings from profits they have before they pay any tax. Now, but there was no Brexit clarity, uh, but good news for self-employed farmers. Farmers desperately seeking clarity from the government to help them plan for the long term received little to comfort them. Just huge questions remain over the future funding of rural support after Brexit, making it hard for uh, farmers to plan investment in their businesses. And this was from Tim Price, who's a rural affairs specialist at the NFU Mutual in his budget response. He says, at first glance, there was not a lot for farmers to get excited about, but there are a few measures which will ease tax bills, and it's a huge relief that the Chancellor avoided increases in duty on petrol and diesel, which would have hit country people very hard. There was good news for self-employed farmers and all those working as employees that the Chancellor has stuck to the Tories' promise to keep increasing personal tax allowances. The amount of income that can be earned before paying tax will increase to £12,500 a year and the higher rate won't kick in until an income of £50,000 is reached, which means a few hundred pounds more out of the taxman's grasp, very well said. Apparently there is no sting in the tail on the widely forecast pension contribution cuts and inheritance tax changes, which would have hit self-employed farmers hard at a time of tightening belts in agriculture and the food chain as Brexit approaches. Let's hope a big chunk of the Chancellor's 420 million pothole uh, fixing fund finds its ways to fix our rutted and crumbling rural road network. Well said, let's hope it does. The Chancellor's announcement of £10 million funding for air ambulance services is also good news for farmers and country people. Those living in remote areas need these services most as they face long trips to get to hospitals if they are involved in an accident or are seriously ill. Now, about the national living wage increase, the NFU said the announcement today that the uh, living wage will increase by 4.9% is substantially more than the sector expected and comes at a time when farm businesses are faced with a rising cost base. We will continue to engage with a low uh, pay commission on this issue. And uh, on rural broadband investment, the Chancellor has prioritised connecting the countryside like never before. Digital connectivity is vital to boosting rural economic growth and this funding will go towards projects which should lead to the deployment of full fibre broadband in the hardest to reach areas. So there were some bits there, some bits of good news for agriculture. Certainly we definitely need the, uh, you know, the broadband is just so important. I mean, especially when they now want to start doing monthly tax returns online and so on and so forth. So uh, there were some bits and pieces for farmers in that, uh, but obviously probably not very happy about the wage increase.
Welcome back to your Pure West Farm and Country show with me, Sarah Miller. Now we've got a story here about uh, members of the South Wales FUW Academy, a collaboration of the union's Gwent, Glamorgan, Brecon and Radnor branches. Now they recently visited Fork Farm in the Rhonda, explored the first farm shop in the area and visited a microbrewery, Cumronda Ales, to learn about new different ways of diversification. Now, Fork Farm is a beef and sheep farm with 40 cattle and 500 sheep and has been in the Joneses family for 33 years. Uh, Lynn and Lorna Jones, who have six daughters and one son, run the farm and farm shop together with their daughters, Krug, Keril, Aneria and son, Arwell. Lynn was left with little choice but to diversify after foot and mouth disease hit the business hard. He said, when I purchased the farm, I loved farming and I made a decent living from it. I didn't want to do anything else. However, over the years, as we all know here in Pembrokeshire, it's become harder and harder to make a living solely from farming. Running a hill farm of 2,000 sheep was paying the way. Now, as a family, we've taken every opportunity of diversifying. Young farmers have to work twice as hard nowadays and I want to support my family to succeed on the farm as much as I can. My father lived on a small holding of 30 acres, milking 12 cows and keeping 400 hens to sell eggs and made a decent living, but young people can't do this anymore. Isn't that a great shame, you know, how, you know, that, that, that is just the epitome of the small family farm. Now, the second phase of their diversification started three years ago with the launch of a microbrewery, Cumronda Ales. Now, this was the brainchild of their son, Arwell Jones. Now, the brewery now specialise in bottled beer rather than kegs and have adapted their business over time. Arwell brews the beer once a week or fortnight, depending on demand. And the family have now also opened Cum Farm Shop at Abercorky Industrial Estate, Triorchy. We are seeking an additional outlet for ales, also produced by Cumronda Ales, as well as meat from the farm. And we are also very keen to support other local farmers and businesses. And the farm shop ticks all the boxes, said Krug Jones. The farm shop stocks Welsh-only produce, including eggs, milk, chutneys, chocolate, crisps, meat from Cookmini Cymru, a farm cooperative set up by the former FUW Vice President, Lorraine Howells, and vegetables from Elwyn's produce in the Vale of Glamorgan. And there is also a cafe which serves the local products on display. We are proud to offer Welsh products and celebrate the heritage of Welsh food and drink. Everything is as local as possible. All meat and veg is sourced from within a 30-mile radius, and we're very grateful to have people like Lee Pritchard and Lorraine Howells from Kigmanith Cymru to help us. Lee has worked really hard to make sure we are successful with the meat, even with the butchering of our own, added Groog. Speaking after the visit, the FUW Glamorgan CEO, Rachel Saunders, said it was a real inspiration to see different arms of diversification put in place by the Jones family. With such an enthusiastic team at the helm, the farm, brewery and farm shop no doubt have a bright future ahead of us. Now, I know we've got some fantastic and cracking farm shops here in Pembrokeshire. Um, and if you'd like to come on the uh, show and talk to me and tell everybody else about how you built up your farm shop, your business, how, how it all comes together and uh, what special offers you've got coming uh, for Christmas, please just get a hold of me on the Pure West Radio Messenger uh, messenger system and uh, we'll, let's talk about you coming on the show. We'd love to have somebody in the studio with me.
West Radio for Pembrokeshire from Pembrokeshire. West at purewestradio.com and on our Facebook page, Pure West Radio.
Welcome back to your Pure West Farm and Country Show. Now, as I said in the introduction, there's been an 18% fall in sales of all antibiotics used to treat UK farm animals last year. Now, the sales of the highest priority critically imported antibiotics, HPCIAs, has been welcomed by the Responsible Use of Medicines in Agriculture Alliance, uh, with an acronym Rumour. Now, the new data, which has just been released by the Veterinary Medicines Directorate, in its 2017 Veterinary Antimicrobial Resistance and Sales Surveillance, VAS for short, report, um, means that the sales of veterinary antibiotics for use in farm animals have fallen by a total of 40% since 2013 and now sits at 37 milligrams per kilogram. Now, the VMD surveillance programme also shows that resistance to antibiotics in bacterial isolates taken from food-producing animals remains low for most antibiotics and is absent for others. Now, the rumour chair, Gwyn Jones, has practised the hard work undertaken to reach this point, with the UK one of the lowest users of antibiotics for farm animals in Europe. And that's another good point, another good point plus when we go post-Brexit. But he also cautions there is a lot more to do in driving responsible use while safeguarding animal health and welfare and food safety. Engagement with efforts to improve data collection remains a key part of this. Because a large percentage of products are used to treat multiple species of animal figures for actual use by species on farms are critical to understand patterns in individual sectors. They are also needed to help those sectors to monitor, improve and get recognition for their achievements and to meet their 2020 antibiotic use uh, targets, explained Mr Jones. He says most of the reductions over the past few years have come from first the poultry meat sector, then pig and game bird sectors, which have all released comprehensive usage figures covering almost all of their producers. Smaller data sets are being accessed for dairy and beef, a big step forward, but national data on these sectors remains harder to capture due to the more diverse supply chains, the large number of producers involved and greater prevalence of mixed enterprise operations. This means we can't be sure of how representative the figures are, says Mr Jones. For example, antibiotic usage figures in 2017 VAS report indicate that dairy cows fell from 26 milligrams per kilogram in 2016 to 17 milligrams per kilogram in 2017. Now, this is based on one large data set of veterinary practice prescriptions, the best we currently have. But we must be mindful that because this database covers 31% of dairy cows, it may not be typical for the whole dairy sector. Now, recent studies have also suggested that while fewer antibiotics are used in the best dairy operations, a small number of farms could be responsible for a large portion of the use. Improving the quality of data collection can only help us better understand where we really are and inform and advise those of who need to change their practices. Now, similar issues have arisen in beef cattle, with relatively small data set in the 2017 uh, VARS report, suggesting antibiotic use of 19 milligrams per kilogram, whereas it was previously considered to be lower. A wide range across different types and stages of beef production is likely, but we won't know unless we have meaningful national data from the producers themselves. The same applies to the sheep sector, which is working very hard with great leadership on tackling usage hotspots, but currently lacks the data to quantify progress. One solution could be around the corner in the form of an electronic medicine book, EMB for cattle, currently being run as a pilot project at the Agricultural and Horticultural Development Board. EMB cattle is being modelled on the successful EMB pigs, which, based on a red tract assurance requirement, has secured antibiotic usage data for around 90% of the national pig herd in 2017. In the meantime, cattle and sheep farmers have responded positively to the call for responsible use and individual veterinary practices, assurance schemes, retail supply chains and consultants have launched initiatives over the past two years to support them. These range from recording and benchmarking antibiotic use to systematic evaluation of current practices so that areas to improve stewardship can be identified. Rumour will cover many of these initiatives in a Targets Task Force one-year-on report on progress against sector-specific goals due to be released next month. So there we go. So that's really, really good news. And uh, again, tantamount to the high animal welfare standards we have here in this country. Go on, blow out the candles, all 70 of them. (sighs) Now, roll up your sleeve. You don't have to have a shingles vaccination the minute you turn 70. All done. But it's a very good idea. Because shingles is an extremely painful disease that's more likely to affect those with a few more candles on their cake. So, if you know someone in their 70s, make sure they speak to their GP to see if they're eligible for a free shingles vaccination. Have you seen that change for life? It's about the little changes we can all make to be healthier. 
They're simple things like learning to watch the salt. You see, salt's really crafty. It hides in food you'd never expect, like cereals, bread and ready meals. It soon adds up and can increase our blood pressure, which can lead to heart disease or a stroke. That's why it's really important for us to cut down. Just check the labels. It's easy to be food smart. For more ideas to help you and your family watch the salt, search Change for Life online. Salter's Blinds offers a wide range of blinds for every room in your home or office. See our extensive range of vertical and roller blinds made on the premises to find just what you've been looking for. Right now, buy five sets of vertical or roller blinds and get the sixth one free. A professional and friendly service awaits you. So visit our showroom today at Unit 1 Withybush Trading Estate or visit saltersblinds.co.uk. Top quality blinds at factory prices. West Radio. From Pembrokeshire, see the action live from our studios in Haverford West at purewestradio.com and on our Facebook page, Pure West Radio.
Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. With your latest Pembrokeshire news, I'm Jonathan Twig. Police in the county are appealing for witnesses after a man was bitten by a large brown-coloured Labrador in Haverford West on Friday, October the 19th. The police wished to speak to the dog's owner over the incident which occurred at 2.45pm when the man was sitting on a bench on Pellet Road. Anyone with information about the incident should contact PC 990 Harrison at Haverford West Police Station on 101. Over the past few weeks, Tempe Museum has been host to the first ever art show by Nicky Wire, the lyricist and bass player of the Manic Street Preachers. Nicky showed over 30 of his contemporary and thought-provoking paintings and Polaroid pieces which featured some of his inspiration and idols. The exhibition was the most successful art show that the Museum Gallery has shown since it was first opened in 1995 and sold out within one week of opening. Nicky has now donated one of his works to the museum, a series of painted Polaroid images of Tembi, which will soon be on show in the museum's permanent art collection. Curator Mark Lewis, who arranged the exhibition and worked with Nicky on the show, said, This has been an amazing success for us, and we are all grateful to Nicky for choosing Tembi Museum as the location for his first art show. St David's finally has its own skate park, following a dogged 30-year campaign by residents. The park, the result of enormous community collaboration, was officially opened by the city's mayor, Council.